Hello guys, welcome back to my podcast. I am your host Riley Koo and this week we are going to be talking about all things WWE. We are going to be talking about the NXT pay-per-view Chicago. We are going to be talking about 2018's Money in the Bank, the Raw following Money in the Bank, and the SmackDown following Money in the Bank. So let's get right into it with NXT Chicago 2. And I'm going to be rating the matches and the entire pay-per-view as a whole. So we started off the night with Undisputed Era, um, Kyle O'Reilly and Roger Strake, um, Strong versus Oni Larkin and Danny um, Birch. And in a 16-minute match. And this match was really, really, really good. It was a strong way to start off the pay-per-view. Right now, NXT, to me, is the best brand WWE has. Because they are solid when it comes to building characters. They keep building characters. They don't build character and just drop the character. They fulfill what they are seeing in that character. Whether it be a whole long gear. I mean, for example, look at for example of Asuka. They built Asuka for like two straight years of just not losing. And on this terror, look look at um Shayna Baszler, how they've carried her so far. Look at Alistair Black, how they've carried Alistair Black so far. So they're doing great in that. So that match was a really good match and I really enjoyed it. So I give the match a... Um, to me, the match was a four-star match. I give the match four-star. I did great. So then we moved on to Ricochet and Velveteen Dream. They had a 22-minute match. And at first, I didn't know how this match was going to be. Because when this feud started, this rivalry started, I was a little bit on the rocks about it. And then I saw this match. And I'm like, I need one more match out of the two. We all know Ricochet is good. But I was so impressed with Velveteen Dream. Like, he keeps improving each and every time in the ring. Every time he steps in. Like, his matches with Aleister Black were incredible. He keeps improving every time he steps in the ring. And I'm really enjoying Velveteen Dream so far. I really, really, really am enjoying his work in the ring and it's it's really, really good. I enjoy this match a lot. I really, really, really did enjoy this match. It was a great it was a pretty it was a good match. It was a good match. So I'm keeping an eye open on Velveteen Dream. I really am keeping an eye on Velveteen Dream. We all know Ricochet is good, but I'm keeping an eye on Velveteen Dream. This match, I give this match a 3.5 star match. It was good. So then we had Shayna Baszler versus Nikki Cross. And Shayna has been built as this destructive force. And if you look at the NXT Women's Division, you're like, who can actually beat Shayna Baszler? Apart from Nikki Cross and maybe Bianca Belair and maybe Kyrie Sane because Kyrie Sane has already done it. But apart from those three women, I look at the roster and I'm like, I don't know who else is going to be able to take the title if Nikki Cross doesn't take it. I think it's going to be Bianca Belair or Kyrie Sane. But it looks like it might be Bianca Belair because they are building Bianca Belair as this under as this power. House And, you know, that's what I talk about with NXT and their build. They keep building. They don't just build you and then stop. They've been building her since the beginning of this year. And she's just been running through everybody and just showing her power game each and every week. So maybe NXT Brooklyn, the night before SummerSlam, that NXT 
maybe it might be Shayna versus Bianca Belair. Who knows? And that might be when Shayna drops the title to Bianca. I will not be surprised. I will actually like that. But this match between her and Nikki Cross was really good. Nikki Cross is just crazy. Is she is just crazy. The the character built on NXT is incredible because just the little details that she did, like before she passed out, she was smiling before she comp- she actually passed out. Just that those character, those little things inside the character is just incredible, and I enjoyed it. So this match, I give this match a three star match. Yeah, it was good. It was a good match. And then we followed up with Alistair Black and Lars Sullivan. Um, going into this, I was like, I don't know how this match is going to be. Alistair is really good, but and I know Lars is good, but I didn't know how good he was until this NXT. I was like, oh, that's a guy that you need to watch out for. That's a guy that can be monstrous on the main roster imagine him and Braun Strowman going one-on-one that's good that's incredible because they are two big guys that are incredibly fast for their size and incredibly powerful for their size and I can't wait to see what they do more with Lars Sullivan this match was actually good it it actually was good for me except the little botch that they did it surprised me in general so i give this match a three-star match and then we had the main event between Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano and i had a feeling Tommaso was going to win this Chicago street fight because now you have one win for Johnny and one win for Tommaso and i think there's probably they're probably going to have one more match at NXT Brooklyn probably just to break that tie and it's probably going to be a loser leaves and i have a feeling that Johnny might lose and come to the main roster and if he comes i want him to go on SmackDown because that's where I see him doing better, not on Raw. But he went, he has to go to SmackDown. But Vince need to take a look at what a true heel is. That's what Vince needs to look. He should look at Tommaso Ciampa. That's a true heel. When Tommaso comes out there, he has the look. He just has this mean look on his face there is no smile on his face he comes out there with no music he makes you believe that he truly hates you and he hates Johnny Gargano he makes you believe that he hates them and it's just incredible that's what I talk about the character build on NXT is just incredible Triple H is doing an absolutely incredible job he really really he really is doing an incredible credible job I take my hats off to him and this match I was like I don't know how they're going to top their last unsanctioned match at New Orleans but they did it with this match and the end there that DDT on the um on the wood after they stripped the ring that DDT oh my god I thought Johnny Gargano's head has busted open I thought Tommaso Ciampa's back was like Split in half because that sound that his back and Johnny's head made scared the life out of me. The match was good. I give the match a five-star match. Overall, this pay-per-view is a B. I enjoyed the pay-per-view. It's a B mat, a B B rating pay-per-view. I enjoyed it. So I give it a B. 
I enjoyed it. So then the following day was Money in the Bank. And you had 11 matches on this Money in the Bank. 11 matches. Well, it's actually 10 matches, but it became 11 in general. Um, I have to say this pay-per-view is probably one of my favorite pay-per-views WWE has put out this year so far. So far, I mean... Royal Rumble was okay. The women's Royal Rumble was good. And this year's Royal Rumble for the men was actually was also good. But um, in talking of matches, I enjoyed most of the matches here that I have done on any of the on the any pay-per-view they've had this year. I think the last pay-per-view I enjoyed was probably WrestleMania, but I got tired because it was too long. I enjoyed the Seth Rollins Finn Balor Miz match. I enjoyed the Oscar Charlotte match and I enjoyed um the Ronda Rousey match out of that. So um we're going to start off with the Preview match, which was the Bludgeon Brothers and Gallows and Anderson. I actually didn't watch this match. I really, really didn't watch this match at all. um, Because I knew the Bludgeon Brothers were going to win. So let's move on. So we opened the night with Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass, which I didn't see coming. I thought either the men's um, Money in the Bank was going to open or the women's Money in the Bank was going to open. I thought one was going to open and one was going to main event or one was going to be the last to the main event. So I didn't see this coming, but the match was okay. Daniel Bryan pretty much carried the match. He took about 70% of the load. Big Cass took about 30%. Big Cass is now fired for some backstage stuff. I don't know, but they had a 16 minute match. Um, the match was okay. It's just at this point, I am like, why aren't they putting Daniel Bryan in the world title picture in general? I want to see Daniel Bryan in a world title picture. I want to see Daniel Bryan versus AJ for the world championship. Period. Plain period. Like, put a stop to it. That's what I want to see. And I don't know why they are not doing it. I don't know if Vince is trying to go for what he did in 2014 where they weren't pushing Daniel Bryan and the entire WWE Universe forced their hand to push Daniel Bryan. I don't know if he wants that type of interaction again. He might be doing that way. He's just pulling Daniel Bryan back to the point where the entire WWE Universe does it again and get Bryan, forces their hand to give Bryan a world title match. I don't know if that's what they are planning to do, but mm, this match was okay. Um... I just enjoy the match because it's Daniel Bryan. Every time I see him in the ring now, I enjoy it because I'm like, yes, he's back doing what he loves. But at this point, I like with all the head bumps that he takes, I'm like, Lord, I don't know how long he's going to be able to sustain, but keep him long enough there. But I give this match a 2.5 because Big Cass really did nothing. Daniel carried the match too much. So it was a one sided match to be so. It was a two point. It's a two point five star match for me. Moving on, you had Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn, which I was very disappointed because I they had a six minute match. To me, this match could have gone a little longer. Um, 
I don't know why they are not using Bobby Lashley because if you go back in the last couple of years since Bobby Lashley left WWE, if you look at his matches at TNA or Impact Wrestling now, he has put on some incredible matches. Some really, really good matches in TNA. Really, really good matches in TNA. And I don't know why they're not pulling the trigger on him. Don't nobody want to see Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar one more time. Nobody wants to see that. We've seen that three years now. And we're tired. And I like Roman Reigns. I'm j- I am just need them to put Roman Reigns down for at least a good six months. Don't push him too much. Just let him sit for a good six months. So then when you push him again, everybody's behind him this time because he's not being shoved down our throat. Or make him a heel. He walks around like a heel. He talks like a heel. He acts like a heel. Just make him a heel and move on. Like, we're tired. Because I really, when I heard Bobby Lashley was coming, I was like, ooh, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, that could be a good match. You know, two big guys. I thought that could be a good match. Bobby Lashley looks more of a threat to Brock Lesnar than Roman Reigns does at this time. Because Roman has always lost. So it's at this point, you're like, yeah, 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 you can't beat Brock Lesnar. Move by. You have Bobby Lashley and Brock. Bobby, Bobby's about the same size as Brock. So you're like, oh, that's an actual threat to him. So that match with Sami Zayn was a one-star match to me. Honestly, I mean, I'll give it a 1.5. Let's give it a 1.5 because Bobby dominated him and then he gave him three vertical suplexes and that was it and then moved on. So that was that. So then let's move on to Seth Rollins and Elias for the Intercontinental Championship. They had a 17-minute match and Seth Rollins has been on a roll since the beginning of this year. He really, really has been in the ring. He's put on some amazing matches. Elias is good in the ring. He really is. I just can't stand the singing that he does in the ring. That, ugh. Every time he comes on doing the singing, I just mute it. I just mute my um, TV and wait for it to be over. Wait for someone to interrupt him. Then I go and watch. His match, their match was really, really good. Was good. And Seth retained this, um... The Intercontinental Championship. I give their match a three-star match. Yeah, I give it a three-star match. So then we move on to the Women's Money in the Bank match. It was between Alexa Bliss versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair versus Amber Moon versus Lana versus Naomi versus Natalia versus Sasha Banks. And Alexa Bliss left taken the victory. And this was an 18-minute match. This Money in the Bank match was what the first and second women's Money in the Bank match should have been. Plain, simple. Just that. That's what it should have been. I mean, to me, the person that needed this win the most was Becky Lynch. Out of everybody, Becky Lynch needed this win the most. Charlotte didn't need it because Charlotte is already a six-time women's champion. And under WWE, that's the second most championship reign. It's Trish with seven, then Charlotte and Mickey with six. Then Naomi already has a two 
two-time SmackDown Women's Championship. She just lost the title at SummerSlam. She just won big at WrestleMania. She didn't need it right now. Natalia doesn't need the briefcase at this very moment because she just lost the SmackDown Women's Championship in November. November and she's building this whole thing with Ronda so I don't think she should have taken Sasha doesn't need it right now because they need to pull the trigger on Sasha and Bailey in general so Sasha doesn't need it because Sasha already has four championship reigns under her belt Alexa didn't need it because Alexa's already a two-time Smackdown Women's Champion and a two-time Raw Women's Champion but this win now makes Alexa the first woman to win the Smackdown Women's Champion Raw Women's Championship and the money in the bank contract. Becky Lynch needed this the most. Because since she's lost the title. Becky has been on this downfall. And it's like don't Vince see it. But I have to say. And Amber doesn't need it right now. Because Amber just came back to me. She needs some more match matches. But if she had won. I'd have absolutely been fine with it. Because Amber is so good in the ring. But I have to say in this match. I was disappointed in what they did with Alexa. Because Alexa didn't take that many bumps at all. It's like Alexa is scared to take bumps. And it annoys me every time. She's scared to take some damn bumps. And move on. I mean hell. Lana took more bumps than Alexa did. And Lana has been wrestling for like a year now professionally a year now and she's had very few matches in that year she's had about like 10 12 matches in general so i'm like why would she even win it in general but i have to say i need a match between ember moon and naomi because to me they stole that match they were the mvp of the women's match because they were doing all these high spots and when Ember did that um, cross body onto the ladder on Sasha Banks. Incredible. And when Naomi jumped onto the ladder to jump on the outside. Incredible. Just incredible. I just don't like the decision of Alexa retaining the championship. No. Absolutely not. But this match was good. And I give this match a... 3.8 3.8 star match. It was good. It was a good match. And then we had Roman Reigns and Jinder Mahal um, in a 15-minute match. This match was boring to me um, because Jinder. Jinder just bores me in the ring in general. I mean, he's done a great job in rebuilding himself and all this stuff. But he just really bores me. Like, he doesn't entertain me as much. He always bores me. And I'm like... Well, that's that, you know, that's that. So going to the match, I knew the match was going to be a little boring. So I was very distracted in this match. I was so distracted. I give this match a two-star match. I was distracted to the point where I literally stopped watching the match. And I told my friend to text me when the match was over. Literally. So that's that. So let's move on to Carmella versus Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship in an 11-minute match. And, you know, going into this match, we all knew Carmella was going to win. We knew that James Ellsworth was going to come and do something in helping Carmella win. The only problem I have here is all of a sudden... WWE want us to think that Carmella is an actual threat and that she can actually beat Asuka. 
Th- that's what WWE. You've had Carmella running from pretty much every woman since 2016. That's two years. You've had her pretty much running from everyone since 2016 when she won the um, briefcase. You've had her running from everyone. Even when she won the women's championship, she's run from everyone. And then all of a sudden, you want us to think that Carmella can actually beat Oscar, Someone that was undefeated for like 913 days. Like... You want us to think that she's an actual threat. And like. Carmella is the first woman to actually pin Oscar. This is the first pin on Oscar. You know. Oscar submitted at WrestleMania. Becky Lynch was pinned in that tag team match. But this is Oscar's first pin. And her first pin comes at the hands of Carmella. Who to me is a horrible heel. She's not even that great of a heel. And she does so much yelling in the ring. She's doing this Melina yelling thing. The only difference is Melina could actually wrestle. Melina was actually good in the ring. I actually enjoyed Melina's matches. And this match proved to me that Carmella needs to drop the title. And she needs to do some more practice because... If you have a match with Oscar and you can't even produce a good, decent match with Oscar, something is wrong. I am sorry. Something is wrong. If you can't produce a good, decent match with Oscar, something is completely wrong. So this match to me was a horrible decision. I think Oscar should have won because everything that makes Oscar special now has completely disappeared because, you know, Oscar losing to Charlotte at WrestleMania, it really, to me, it didn't take away that magic because of who Charlotte is and how good Charlotte is in the ring. So it didn't take away that magic for me. It just, to me, it just was Charlotte was ready for Oscar. That's what this proved to me that Charlotte was ready. That loss she had with Becky Lynch, it didn't take away from her because Oscar wasn't the one that was getting pinned. She wasn't the one that submitted. So that to me, that mystique was still there. But her getting pinned by Carmella is what got me to me. If I thought they were going to have a disqualification so that Oscar would still look strong i thought that was where the plan was gonna go so she could still look strong and that mystique would not be gone but now the mystique is gone and she's just going to be like every other woman who's just going to be beat and 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 beat i'm just tired of this whole carmella thing they're trying to make it seem like carmella is so dangerous when she's not she really isn't so it was just this to me was a 2.3 2.3 star match. I just I just hate didn't enjoy this match at all. And then James Ellsworth coming did absolutely nothing for me. It was like yeah, goodbye. It did nothing for me. So that crap was done. And then so then we followed with the Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ in the last man standing match for the WWE Championship. And this was a 31 minute match. And so far, this was their best match they've had so far in the WWE compared to the WrestleMania match, compared to the um, Greatest Royal Rumble match, and compared to the Backlash match. This is the best match they've had so far. And I, to me, Shinsuke should have taken the win because AJ losing the title at this point doesn't hurt AJ. 
because he's been champion since November. He's been a fighting champion more than some other world champion. So him losing the title wouldn't have done anything to him. And especially him losing it to Shinsuke Nakamura wouldn't have done anything to him. him. This match to me was a match which Shinsuke needed to win because Shinsuke needed the win the most because Shinsuke losing this match hurts Shinsuke. If AJ had lost this match, it wouldn't have hurt him. But Shinsuke losing this match, it completely hurts Shinsuke and derails all his momentum, he said. So to me, now I'm like, what's the purpose of turning him a heel? You did all of that at WrestleMania and then those entire whole months just so you can leave him high and dry. This is what I'm talking about of character building and stuff. They pick you up, change your character, make it seem like they're going to do something big for you and then leave you high and dry. And then they wonder why fans drop. After a while, when it comes to some superstars, they wonder why some superstars don't get over. It's because of things like this. You build them up. You get the fans invested. And then you just drop them off. You drop them off. That's when the fans start to get mad at what you're doing. And they stop supporting the the, the, the superstar, whether they're a heel or a face. They stop supporting them. They stop getting the pops and all the stuff because... You built them up and then dropped them. So this really hurts Shinsuke Nakamura. It really, really does because I think Shinsuke should have won. And, you know, people keep talking about why is Shinsuke a heel? He should be a face. No, Vince, I don't know if Vince is trying to get the Shinsuke from New Japan Pro Wrestling. If that's what he's trying to do, if that's what management is trying to do, yes, they've turned him heel. That's one. But they need to give Shinsuke the 100% goal. Because if you watch New Japan, Shinsuke was a heel. And he was an arrogant heel. And he was given 100% to do whatever he wanted when it came. When the bell rung... And in that atmosphere, Shinsuke is free to do whatever. But anyway, it seems like he's wrestling with restraints. It's like you can tell that he's not giving 100% because I watch his matches in New Japan against like Kota, um, Kota Ibushi, against AJ Styles himself. And I'm like, why am I not getting it here? But then I am look at it and I'm like, they're not giving him the 100% goal to do what Shinsuke does best which was horrible so but this match was really good i give this match a four-star match it to me was probably the best match of the night so then we are followed by ronda rousey versus nia Jax for the raw women's championship in an 11 minute match in which ronda won via disqualification which means Nia kept the championship. And going into this match, I was a little skeptical on Ronda because, you know, like Ronda's first match, I didn't think should have been against Nia Jax because Nia is one of those wrestlers that is hard for people to wrestle her wrestle her in general because you know sometimes Nia doesn't put on the best matches. You know, she hasn't had the best matches so far since she's become women's champion, but it's because she's been playing a f- baby face. But, you know, when she was in women's champion last year and they gave her the reins to just bulldoze through her opponents, she had fire matches. She had matches where people were actually 
interested where the fans were actually behind it because she was just bulldozing through them. To me, this was the best match Nia has had. And the last good match to me Nia had was that Gauntlet match in which she beat everybody and then in the end lost to Sasha Banks. That was the last best match uh, Nia had. And to me, this match really showed me that Ronda Rousey is really here to stay and she really wants to do this because if her this was her first match and she got in the ring with someone like Nia Jax and she could actually make this match good like I was absolutely surprised at her selling her facial expressions, the things she did in the ring, that that judo throw that she did on Nia, that has to be the biggest judo throw that she did. And then that suplex thing she did on Nia, the cross body, that knee. And then when it looked like Ronda was going to take the women's championship, she had the hand and then Alexa out of nowhere, smash takes the championship beats the hell out of Ronda, beats the hell out of Nia Jax. 35 seconds later, she's the new Raw Women's Champion. And I'm like, really? And uh, and then I realized that in the last year, in the last year since she won the championship for the first time last year, I couldn't remember the pay-per-view that she won it at. Since that, there's been only 78 days that Alexa hasn't been champion. Only 78 days. So you are talking about a full, like, 300 and something days of Alexa reigning as champion. Because it's like, she beat Bailey to take the championship. Sasha beats her. Then she takes the championship back eight days later. Nia beats her, and then she takes the championship seven days, um, seventy days later. And to me, at this point, I'm like, they might as well have let her hold the championship this entire time instead of breaking it up into this little pieces of her just taking it. After every like three months, she's the women's champion. It's like really. Because it was the same thing. She lost the title at... Um, she lost the SmackDown Women's Championship. She comes over to Raw. And in a month later, she's the Raw Women's Champion. And then she loses it. A week later, she takes it back. She loses it. Two months later, she takes it back. It's like, you might as well have let her hold the championship since April of last year's when she won the champ- the first time. Might as well have had her hold the championship all the way to April. And then lose it to Ronda Rousey. This year in June, because I'm like, she doesn't need the championship. She absolutely does not need the championship. If you were going to have someone when that pay, um, uh, the money in the bank, have it be Natalia, because that was a good story. They could have had right there of Ronda becoming women's champion. Natty holding the briefcase down the line. Natty betrays. Ronda and takes the women's championship. Now you build a good feud between those two. And it's a win-win situation for everybody because Natty becomes champion. To me, Natty deserves to be champion because she's been in the company for almost 10 years. And 
both championship reigns that she had have not been really memorable. They've been less than 100 days. Her first championship reign was like 70 days. And then this, her last championship reign last year was about like 80 something days. So she's had only two championship reigns in the last 10 years. Have her win it. Have her have a few. This is a win-win. Natty becomes women's champion once more. Ronda learns more in the ring in action with Natty. This is a win-win situation for everybody. I don't know why they didn't do that and they went with Alexa Bliss. Because frankly, I'm tired of Alexa Bliss being champion. I really am tired of her being champion. Put her in a different feud outside of the championship. Plain and simple. But the Ronda Nia Jax match, I give it a three star. And the Alexa uh, Nia Jax match, I mean, that's only 35 seconds. So it doesn't get any stars. I mean, 35 seconds. And then, then the, there was the, and then the main event was the men's money in the bank match between Braun Strowman, Bobby Roode, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Kofi Kingston, Rusev, Samoa Joe, and The Miss. And going into this, I didn't think Braun was going to win. I was rooting for Kofi Kingston. I really, really, really was rooting for Kofi Kingston. Because imagine if Kofi had won, how Chicago would have responded. The roof would have been torn off. Because going into it, they were chanting for Kofi. It looked, Going in, in all honesty... The entire crowd were going for Kofi because there were times where they were chanting for Kofi. And every time he started climbing the ladder, it was like, oh, he's going to do it. And I was really hoping that this would be Kofi's night because I think he should become world champion. You know, he's busted his ass off long enough to do it. But they had a 19-minute match. Um, Braun Strowman was Braun Strowman. He was buried on the ladders. He threw Kevin Owens off a 15-foot, 20 feet in the air. We didn't see him again. Um, Finn Balor did a uh, uh, um, coup de grace to um, Bobby Roode from the top of the ladder. Braun Strowman broke a ladder in half by running through it. And then he became Mr. Monster in the bank. And this Money in the Bank match was good. I give it three point. Nine star match in total. This pay per view to me was a B because I enjoyed the Seth Rollins Elias match, I enjoyed the women's money in the bank match, I enjoyed the AJ Styles match, I enjoyed the Ronda Rousey match, and I enjoyed the men's money in the bank match. So I enjoyed it, I really, really enjoyed it. So then we come to the Raw after. Um, smack, uh, after, um, Money in the Bank, and you open with one, uh, to me, probably one of the best opens and one of the best showings of Ronda Rousey outside a match in general. Um, you had Alexa having so-called presentation having this championship presentation and all that crap and talking all that extra. So I'm like, you won. I don't know why you need a presentation. But Ronda storms down the ring and then she's being... I don't even know why Kurt was being a bodyguard. He's a general manager. He should have moved out of the way. I don't know why he keeps doing that with Ronda, stepping in Ronda's way. But um, 
Alexa told um, Ronda to she's just an overhyped rookie. Ronda loses her mind and just wails on Alexa. And it was beautiful. It was one of the best ways to start Raw. And this is where... Like I see, I, I'm seeing where they're going to go with Ronda with this, that she's just going to start running through people because it's like Vince C saw the match she had with Nia and Vince is like, okay, she can have that type of match with Nia. She can have the, she can have a good match with pretty much anyone. I'm seeing it now. So Vince, if she just goes out there, beats Alexa, beats Kurt beat the officials and then puts Alexa through a table and that has to be the best bump Alexa has taken since her career began to me that's like the first bump I have seen Alexa actually take and the and it's sad because Alexa has been in a hell in a cell a, a steel cage match she didn't take them that bumps in there she's been in a table match she didn't take those bumps She's been in a candlestick on the pole match. She didn't take those bumps. She's been in a ladder match. She didn't take those bumps. And she got put through the damn table. And I was like, that's freaking taking a bump. And I enjoyed that. That was really, really, really good. I enjoyed it. But um, now um, Rhonda has been suspended for 30 days before attacking Kurt. And... um, and the officials, she's been suspended for 30 days. And I mean, the reason, the probably the main reason is because, you know, the UFC is coming and she's going to be in the Hall of Fame. And she probably has some uh, appearances she has to do for that whole couple of weeks that she's coming. But I've heard that she's been advertised for Pittsburgh and then the um, Madison Square Garden show is coming up, which was supposed to be. Ronda versus Nia Jax for the women's championship. So now I don't know what that match is going to be. If it's going to change to Ronda versus Nia Jax, or if it's going to be um, Ronda versus Alexa Bliss, or if it's going to be Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax, I think that'll be the smart thing because I don't think they should have Ronda lose yet. She doesn't need to lose at all. I think Ronda should be on a winning page because she's the biggest. Um, paid female they have there she's the biggest attraction in the wwe right now and she needs to continue being on an absolute winning streak and shouldn't lose yet so that's that so then we had the first action of the night which was ziggler versus seth rollins ziggler versus seth rollins and i was like i was so shocked that ziggler took the championship I am so shocked. At the same time, I'm not mad at all. I'm really not mad. I'm not mad at all of Ziggler taking the championship. No. Because um, Ziggler's busted his ass off and needs to, uh, like, he needs to pay off. And I'm glad he won the championship because this might be a segue so that um, Seth can be put inside the um six pack challenge that's happening at um extreme rules so zig um so ziggler taking the championship was fine to me i enjoyed the match the match was a pretty good 
match. And then you, so then you had Kevin um, Owens try to befriend Braun Strowman, and then that happened. It didn't really work in Kevin Owens' favor, and all the crap. And then boom. So then we move on to Sasha Banks, Bailey versus Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan of the Riot Squad. And at this time, I am bored of the Riot Squad. I am bored of this riot squad because it's the same thing each and every week and I'm really bored of it of them. They won the match. It's like it seems like WWE's finally going to pull the trigger on Sasha Banks and Bailey's feud because these two could have had a great match at WrestleMania. They could have had a great match at Backlash. They could have had a great match at Money in the Bank, but nope, they didn't do that. So I don't know if they're going to pull it off now and have them face each other at extreme rules but that they can have an amazing match because they've shown that they can have great matches so that's that and then there was um, Bobby Roode versus Kurt Hawkins Bobby Roode wins Kurt Hawkins is still on his um winning streak thing so then you have so then the next match was the deleters of world versus Rhino and Heat Slater um you know they are interrupted by this whole Axel and Bo Dallas thing that they try to make fun of them. And it was whatever it was. I don't know why the Raw um, Championship was not at Money in the Bank. It could have been. You could have had the, the leaders of Worlds versus the B-Team go one-on-one. And for the Raw Women's Championship, but that was that. Then you had Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley for the Revival. And just like always, Kurt comes out to announce this match. And then Roman comes out and he's like, I should have won and all that stuff. And we're like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And it's like, ugh. Whatever, but then Bobby Lashley comes out, and that's what I wanted to see. I want to see where WWE, where their mindset is with Bobby Lashley. I really, really want to see what they are going to do with Bobby Lashley. But you know, with with that being said, and all the stuff, um, I want to see who else is going to be in the six pack challenge. I promise you, I'm right now. I'm going to say the people that I think are going to be in the six pack challenge: Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley. Those two are confirmed. Finn Balor is probably going to be there. Kevin Owens, Bobby Roode, and who else was I thinking? And Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins probably going to be those six. But the match was okay. It was a boring match. It was an okay match. And I like what Bobby did at the end where um, he tapped himself and speared him and won the match. Then you had... Boring Mahal versus Chad Gable. Um, Chad is Chad is a good um, guy. He's really good in the ring, and I've always said that if they were gonna do this whole, um, if they were gonna do this whole thing of um, of that. Um, that horrible thing they did with Kurt Angle's son thing. Chad Gable was the perfect person to use. I don't know why they didn't use him and they picked um, Jason Jordan. It seemed like that whole thing fell apart. They had a match. Jinder won. Gable lost. That was that. And then you had Mojo Raleigh versus Noel Jose. Mojo Raleigh won. They moved on. Elias comes out. He makes a sad song. 
I actually kind of felt bad for him because he just wanted to sing and win his Inter- the Intercontinental Championship. He lost. But in all Jenna, this pay this um Monday Night Raw to me was a C Monday Night Raw. That was that. But who cares? Let's move on. So then the following day is SmackDown. And we open with Carmella making her return her appearance, talking about how she beat Oscar all by herself. Then Ellsworth comes out dressed as Oscar. Everybody thinks it's Oscar. I'm like, that's not Oscar, that's Ellsworth. Um they did she did that Mela is money things that always gets on my nerve. Mela is money things. They keep trying to push her as a threat when she really isn't a threat to me. So Oscar comes in the ring, she kicks um Ellsworth, she turns around and she gets super kicked by Carmella and Carmella runs out of the ring. So I don't know if at Extreme Rules we might be getting one more match in which Oscar might win, thankfully. And then we might get Becky and Oscar because it seems like they are pushing Becky. You know, it seems like they're not letting Becky that loss to that loss at the pay per view bother Becky. You know, so the ma- first action of the match was Becky Lynch versus Billy Kay, in which Becky won, thank God, because Becky needs the win. She definitely did, does need the win. So I don't know if they're still going to be building her up to either face Carmella at maybe SummerSlam. SummerSlam because it looks like the feud between Carmella and Oscar is not over yet. Or she might be facing Oscar at Oscar at SummerSlam if if Oscar is able to win the championship at Extreme Rules, which is where I think they are going with this. And then there's a promo of um, Jeff Hardy. So I, it looks like they're about to have a Jeff Hardy, Shinsuke Nakamura feud for the United States Championship. That's great. So, um, that's, that's great. And that's going to be good. That's going to be good. So then you have, um, uh, um, you have Nakamura being interviewed later on that night. And Nakamura is hilarious to me. I really, I really enjoy the Nakamura thing. I just think WWE dropped the ball with him at Money in the Bank, um, bank which crazy Nakamura talking about he the referee counted too fast and he didn't count in Japanese. Nakamura is funny. And then you had the Bludgeon Brothers versus the club, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows for the SmackDown Championship. Bludgeon Brothers won. No surprise there. No surprise there. So now you have the gauntlet match, which to me was a good gauntlet match. It was the first gauntlet match on SmackDown, which surprised me. You had Daniel Bryan start off the gauntlet match. I was rooting for Daniel Bryan. To me, I was was rooting for three people in this match. It was either Big E, Daniel Bryan, or Rusev. Daniel Bryan came up, and then it was him and um, Big E. And I have to say... I would love to see a match between Big E and Daniel Bryan again because that match was actually really good. That match was good. That match between those two was really good. And I was like, oh, my God, I would love to see more of those two in the ring together, you know. But Daniel Bryan takes a win. Um, 
Samoa Joe comes out. They have their match. Samoa Joe gets counted out. Then the Bludgeon Brother attack Daniel Bryan. And I don't know where that is leading to. I don't know the purpose of that attack and why that's happening. It, it, it was confusing to me. I, I was confused. Everybody else at the arena was confused on why that happened. So the Miz comes in, his skull crushing finale, and then Daniel Bryan is eliminated. And then it's Rusev versus the Miz. And I'm like, Rusev has to win. In the end, Rusev wins with his accolade, makes him submit, and then Rusev gets his first win. Um, so now Rusev has his first um World title match at Extreme Rules, which I am so happy for him. And if AJ loses to Rusev, I would not be mad because, you know, I'm on board with the Rusev Day. Every day is Rusev Day. Today is Rusev Day. We are all happy for Rusev Day. So this SmackDown in general to me was better than Raw. And I give this SmackDown. In total, I give this SmackDown a B. And be, but this whole this whole week from NXT Chicago to Money in the Bank to Raw to SmackDown was pretty good, pretty good. WWF did a pretty good job this weekend with their matches and did a pretty good job with everything. So that was that's all for them. And if you haven't heard, I just found out literally a couple of um, minutes ago on my computer that. Big Vader, the um, the wrestler, Vader has passed away. He passed away yesterday at the age of sixty three. Rest in peace, Vader. Um, one of the very one of the um very few big men that did moonsault. One of the very few big men that was really over all over the place, all around the world. He's gonna be missed. But that's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I will talk to you guys later. Make sure you follow me on my Twitter at Riley Cool. That is R-I-L-Y-K-H-U-L. Riley Cool. I will talk to you guys next week. Goodbye.